Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first Jackson Reaction Podcast. I'm your co-host, Gene Jackson. I'm joined now by my co-host, Rose Jackson. Hello. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and lead off at the very beginning of this and let this be known. Uh, this is not a wrestling podcast. I've had several of those in the past. I still have one that I'm going to do from time to time. Um, however, you will hear a lot of wrestling talk on here because that's a lot of what we do. We go to wrestling, we watch wrestling, we we talk about wrestling. Uh, it's a big part of our lives. So you will hear wrestling on here. Uh, you won't just hear only wrestling on here. We're going to talk about uh, all our experiences, things we like, things we don't like, movies we see, TV shows, music, uh, you name it. And uh, we're going to talk about it. So hopefully uh, everybody will enjoy that. Like I say, this is... A podcast done strictly for uh, entertainment and, inter and informational purposes. We're not here to act like we're the foremost experts on everything, even though we may end up coming off like that at times if we're being harsh about something. It's just our opinion, right? That's right. So it's not saying that we're right and you're wrong. We're not saying we could do it better. We're just telling you what our opinions of it are. And, and, and like I say, we... I've been told for, for many years, people say, hey, I, you know, I love seeing y'all's pictures on Facebook and reading about y'all's, y'all take all these trips and have all these experiences and meet all these people and it's really cool and um, I thought maybe uh, people might enjoy hearing us talk about some of that and uh, hopefully they will. If, if you do, please uh, share it and tell your other, tell your friends about it and spread it around and if you don't like it. Uh, you may not like this week's episode, whatever we're talking about, but you may like next week. So, you know, give us a chance. We're working our way through it. This is the first time we've done anything like this, so it may take a little while to get our groove and uh, figure out how we're going to have a format on this. But today, what we are going to talk about in episode number one is our Nashville experience. We just got back from Nashville, Tennessee at 2 o'clock this morning. We've been there since Thursday. We got to see a lot. We got to do a lot, and we had a lot of fun. Um, Rosie is currently drinking coffee, trying to recover, as we haven't had a whole lot of sleep, but we've we've had enough. We figured while it was fresh on our mind, we'd go ahead and we'd talk about it. So, right off the bat, what would you say for you is the highlight of this whole trip that we've taken these past few days? Uh, that would be Thursday night's visit to Zanies to see the Kevin Smith and the Jason Mewes. That's right. They uh, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old is a podcast that Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes do. They've been doing it. I didn't realize they've been doing it this long. They've been doing it for six years now, as long as uh, Jason Mewes has been sober, which is going coming up on the uh, six-year anniversary of that in the next couple of months, they said. And um, they go around and they record these podcasts in various locations. And they did one at Zany's uh, last night. They did one last year during the Wild West Comedy Festival, which we did attend. However, last year we only attended the Jay and Silent Bob Get Old podcast recording. We didn't stay for the second show, uh, which is An Evening with Kevin Smith, which is one of his Q&As. This year we opted to go to both. We bought tickets, well, we, Rosie, bought tickets for us for both shows. It was, a, it was an anniversary present. And uh, it was great, loved it. However, uh, and some might say this about me, but Kevin, Swift, Kevin Smith's a very long-winded man. Uh, we, we got in the door at five o'clock and we walked out there about 15 after 12. 
they have uh, hard seats at Zany's, and uh, between that and sitting at the wrestling show last night, we're uh, we're a little sore, but nonetheless, it was quite fun. Yeah, we're getting around like uh, 90-year-olds today. We are. It was... Uh, kind of broke down. But the place was packed, and... And that's the thing about comedy clubs, though, too, is the seating is very cramped. You're very squished into a small table that four people sit at you barely have room to set your drinks let alone any food that you get and you're sitting in that one spot for that would have been what six hours mm -hmm. so yeah we were <laughs> that was the only miserable part seven actually seven yeah seven actually i mean well then you take the time we stood in line yeah we started standing in line at three o'clock but we did get front row five feet from their shoes. Oh, we were seating. we were two feet from. We weren't even five. We were like two feet away. It was, it was crazy. It was really it was really fun though. And as always, when we when we go to these types of things, half the fun um, is standing in line and seeing <laughs> and sitting inside and seeing the people that these shows attract. Kevin Smith uh, definitely attracts a unique, for lack of a better word. A unique crowd of people follow Kevin Smith. Well, and necessarily, it wasn't just the crowd that was at Zany's that we um, persecuted. It was the people in the Nashville area of that particular section of Nashville. Um, it is very hipster in that area, and that is something we're not very accustomed to in this part of Alabama. Everybody dresses pretty normal here. You might have one or two people that are very stylish hipsters, uh, you don't see many guys in very tight, sisterly, skinny jeans with man purses and hats that Taylor Swift ought to be wearing. So it's just, you know, I, I hate to think that we come off as assholes by people watching, but we we do sometimes have a bit of fun as we're in line because we people watch the people walking by us as well as the people in the crowd. So, and, the, and actually some of those things had got shared on Facebook. Yeah. which I thought were pretty tremendous. We we seen the ghost of Dave Mustaine. That was pretty awesome. Yes. Um. <laughs> slash um, the lost Mulkey brother slash the lost Almond brother. Um, he got he got a few aliases thanks to our friends commenting on uh, on those Facebook posts and and again, I mean we do that in fun. I mean, I know it's maybe it is an asshole thing to do and people are like, "Oh, you know, they're making fun of people." It's it's all in fun, but there was plenty to make fun of around there. I've I've never seen so many guys in skinny jeans in all my life. It was it was plum embarrassing and the goofy little hats and some of them had vests on and like say the man purse. Um, you know, it's 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 a sight to behold and then after talking to my friend uh Matt that lives in Nashville, uh, he said the east side over there where Zanies is located has pretty much been that way for several years now. The hipsters have invaded and they've taken it over and uh, it was very, very evident. But you know, like I say, it passes the time in the line. It really, um, this time standing in line, there weren't really that many people in line uh, that annoyed me. Last year we stood in line um, ahead of the foremost expert on Kevin Smith's life and career who sat in told everybody uh, pretty much all the inner workings of, of Kevin Smith's business and all his personal life, as well as Ben Affleck's and, um, what's her name, Affleck's wife, Garner, Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner. He, yeah. he, seemed to, he seemed to be their neighbor, apparently, with all the inside information he had. 
Yeah, we, we hate standing in line with people like that. And yes, we rip them mercilessly because we... I can't stand somebody that knows everything that goes to something. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, go as a fan, enjoy it. You know, maybe you do know a little more than most people, but don't go tell everybody like that. I mean, it's very arrogant to act that way. And we may come off that way on time. As you listen to this podcast, however many years this goes on or episodes or whatever, there's going to be times where you're going to be like, well, it takes a lot of nerve because y'all act like y'all know everything, but... It's one thing to sit on a podcast where you guys have tuned in and listened to see what we have to say and us talk about things. Uh, I don't stand in line and and tell all my knowledge of wrestling and, and try to sound like I know everything about everything. I mean, you just pretty much have normal conversations sitting there. And while the Kevin Smith crowd, like I say, last year was pretty, pretty annoying, nine times out of ten when we're standing in line, especially at these fan fests, Oh my God! Smart Mark know-it-all fans are are just the worst. Yeah, and it seems like we always attract them to us. Right. For some, whatever reason, they always get behind us or in front of us, and it's just like, oh, please go away, go away. And they and they want to impress someone with their their knowledge of, of whatever it is you may be waiting to see that night. Because I, I mean, other comedy shows we've we've encountered that some as well, but. I was braced for it. Like, I walked around the corner at Zany's as we were heading over there. I'm like, okay, be ready because you're going to get annoyed. You're going to want to just throw somebody out in traffic. And it wasn't that bad this time. It really no, wasn't. It was, it it was, was just really, the, really nice. Yeah, the really hipster nice. doofuses walking around that was just laughingly annoying. But, I mean, I didn't get, like, uh, angry, annoyed. Just, just kind of <laughs> something to laugh at and something to put on Facebook and share and... and uh, like I say, they got they got a lot of likes and good responses, and that's fun. So okay, well let's uh let's describe Zanies for people for people that haven't been to Zanies. Um, if you've never been to a comedy club, and you would like to go to a comedy club and feel as close to a comedian, more so than a big arena or um, coliseum, Zanies is the place because they have good comics. Very name brand comics such as David Tell, Jim Norton. Uh, we've seen Anthony Jeselnik, um, Tom Green. Tom Green. We've all sat within two feet of these people, mm-hmm. and several we've we've met. And I mean, it's a very very intimate type of setting. It, the place probably holds what about 300, 350? Yeah, I would say around um, that range. The, I mean the and there's not a bad seat in the place. No, the bad there's not a bad seat in the place. It has you know lots of seating. So I mean, and I would solely suggest anybody that wants to have a night out, you know, get you some tickets, go see somebody there, uh, maybe get a couple of people to go with you, you know, so you can fill up a table with people you know. It's not exactly bad that you have to sit with people you don't know, but sometimes in the majority of the time when we sit with people. We always get the really quiet people that don't talk to you. And it's like, you know, I'll try to, hey, where y'all from? You know, (laughs) so you've been here before, and they just kind of look at you like you're stupid. So, you know, if you have other people that can go with you, that's the key ticket to having a really great time because you all can enjoy it, enjoy the experience. Tickets are not that expensive. For Kevin Smith, for the one show, I paid $87 tax and all for two tickets. Which some people would say, oh my God, that is expensive. But you're talking Kevin Smith, the maker of Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma. You know, 
you're not going to see this guy walking down the street somewhere, and you're not going to see him in Nashville, Tennessee, of all places. And if you go to a Wizard World con or something like that to sit at one of his Q&As as close as we sat at this Q&A... You're going to pay a lot more hundreds money. Hundreds of dollars. You're going to pay a lot more money. And, you know, for both both shows, I think I paid a total of 160 bucks for both, for two tickets to each. But normal comics, it's around the range of about 35 a ticket, 25 a ticket. Um, sometimes they run specials during the week if you want to go on a Thursday night or Wednesday night. They have like buy one get ones or the tickets are like 10 bucks, which is really good. I mean, if we lived in Nashville, we'd go all the time because yeah. we love that place. And granted, we have a comedy club in Birmingham and it, it's nice as well, but you don't feel the personal experience that you feel at Zany's. Yeah, it's more of a theater um, experience somewhat at Stardome. I mean, it's big. You can put... You probably put two zanies inside the Stardome in Birmingham, um, but you get if you get there early. I mean, you can sit as close as you want. If you're at the front of the line, I mean, you literally when you sit at the edge of that stage, like I say, you're a foot to two feet away from the person. I mean, and it, it felt like, especially after being there seven hours, it felt like we hung out with Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes Thursday night. You know what I mean? It felt yeah. very uh, up close and personal and. Um, and Kevin Smith is one of the the nicest people, the most down to earth people you can you can ever imagine. You know, he, he's definitely not arrogant to do the things he's done. He's not arrogant at all. He's not cocky. No, and, no. Um, and, and Jason Muse isn't either. Oh, I mean, no. they're yeah. they're both two super nice guys. That if you just you know you just feel like you just met them. You know, met them off the street like just normal dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't recommend Zanies enough if you're a fan of comedy. Um, if you're within driving distance of Nashville, and pretty much anybody is if you own a car, you're, you're within driving distance, it may be far. It, and it's not downtown Nashville. It's kind of on the outskirts. I mean, you're you're probably a good, what, 15 minutes from downtown? Oh, yeah. I mean, Yeah, and it's really easy to get you to. You shoot down to Wedgwood Avenue, you take an exit, you exit off the right, turn back to the left, make another turn to the left. It's on 8th I Street. Mean, it's, yeah. it's a mile and a half from the interstate. It's It's very easy to get to. But again, I think the key to that is get there a little early because uh, parking gets a little Iffy. hectic uh, and tight there uh, towards time to, for the show to start. And then, the, you know, the seating's a little... Um, you got to wedge in with people at that point. If you get there right before the show starts, you know, everybody's packed in. And like I said, they use every inch of that place. I mean, once you get in there, you're, you're in there. Uh, you're packed in. But like I said, it's all part of that intimate experience and, and it's... I don't know, it was very cool, like, uh, getting to see, we've seen some of our favorite comedians, David Tell was awesome, uh, just super funny, and uh, Anthony Jesselneck, you know, was great, and, you know, then you're you're right there up close, you're, you know, getting ripped on. We were there, when Tom Green was there, I mean, we were sitting at the front, and we were a part of one of his bits, I mean, and he used us for that, and, you know, and that, and that was really cool, because I've been a fan of Tom Green since high school when he first come out you know back in the day and the cheeses on my bum the cheeses on my bum yeah. yeah and then we got to you know and then we got to meet him and get a picture with him he signed our dvds and stuff and was really nice and uh i haven't i haven't come across anybody there that's been a jerk jim norton was super cool he stayed and took pictures with everybody in the building and signed stuff and then uh yeah i got spit on by jim norton yeah she got spit on by jim so norton close. which uh I don't know. Listen to some of the stories Jim Norton tells. I might Norton need to tells. get checked. Uh, may need <laughs> to get checked. That <laughs> might be a danger, but no, he was he was really funny and really nice to meet afterwards. And uh, 
the staff there is all very nice, and I just can't I can't recommend it enough. If you're in Nashville or making a trip to Nashville, and you like comedy at all, you should definitely uh, make a make a, a point to go down to Zany's and catch a show. And they usually have a late show, an early show, and a late show most most days of the week. I think maybe Monday and Tuesday are probably the only nights they're not open. Uh, but every year, like in May, they have this Wild West Comedy Festival, and the way it sounds, Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes will be coming every year uh, as a part of that, and they bring in all kinds of big-name uh, comics to be all over town. I think Chris Tucker was at the arena last night, and Jeff Foxworthy was around, and Joe Rogan, and, and different ones. So they pretty much got somebody for everybody for that, so I highly recommend it, because we're, we're huge fans of comedy. I mean, we, we love wrestling, but we also love comedy and, and other things, and uh, that's that's become a regular place on our, our places to go every year now. So we usually make two or three or more trips to Zanies to go see different yeah, people. I think last year was our comedy trifecta because I <laughs> I had tickets to like five different shows in in like three or four different month spans, and it was like we were turning around going to Nashville like every other month for comedy shows. Um, I do suggest though if you do plan on going to a bigger comedy act such as the Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes you buy your tickets like I bought our tickets in February and the week after I bought the Q&A tickets because I didn't buy them at the same time because they didn't announce that he was going to do the Q&A until like a, a week or two later um, they were sold out so mm -hmm. you, you have to kind of buy your tickets months in advance and know that okay this is something I'm going to do you know, because I mean, we we had this planned out for oh yeah since because like last February. year there was only one night. It was a, a early show and a late show on on just uh, I think it was Wednesday night. Wednesday, or, yeah. yeah, it was Wednesday night. And this year they expanded it to Wednesday and Thursday for a total of four shows, and they still all sold out. Yeah, uh, within you know a week. Or oh two yeah, there there wasn't another person when I looked around when he come on stage that they could have got in there. They had it at full maximum capacity both. Nights, I'm sure. All and, both nights. And you've seen some people get really bummed out. There was a guy who came up who had Jay and Silent Bob tattooed on his calves. He had mall rats tattooed on his legs. He had all these Kevin, you know, Jay and Silent Bob tattoos. And he went up to the ticket window 30 minutes before the doors were going to open as if he was just going to walk up and buy a ticket. And, of course, then you heard him say, oh, we're sold out. And he walked away just completely like bombed shot. out yeah like yeah. I was like really which I mean yeah, I, I, I mean, would too if I was that big of a fan but, I would too but I would have knowing, made plans you yeah, know yeah but knowing the type of person you know in the fan base that, that Kevin Smith brings with him I mean you know that there's going to be people that not only have listened to the podcast that he brings in it's people that love his movies that are going to come in because they're interested mm -hmm. and the the Q&A was, was really interesting I mean I, I now want to see uh, Tusk because I've heard so much about it. Yeah. It sounds like the cheesiest pile of shit that you could ever <laughs> ever make, but I, I still want, I'm intrigued. I have to I have to see it. So if somebody has a copy, they uh, would like to let me borrow. Well, that would be great. Um, if not, I guess I'm gonna have to buy it. I, I hate to buy one because I don't feel like I'll watch it again after I watch it once. <laughs> but it's I, I have to see it. I mean, we just recently watched Red State. And I was kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I liked it. I thought it was it was good. It was a very different, very different story. Uh, pretty much he told us that you, you don't accept gangbangs off Craigslist because that will get you sucked into a cult that will kill you. 
Um, Valuable lesson. Yeah, and and then that, <laughs> that's what I took away from that. <laughs> but it, 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 like I said, it was a good, it was a pretty good movie for what it was. I, it wasn't near as um, what uh, the reviews I had read said it was a lot more horror based, you know. Yeah. And I didn't really get that. I mean, yeah, it was a little gratuitous in some parts, but not as as gruesome as most movies I watch. So <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to qualify it as a horror movie. Yeah, I don't, is... definitely wouldn't qualify it as a horror. Maybe a hardcore drama, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it you know, it was interesting and then it was very very far off from what you've come accustomed to from Kevin Smith, but from what I can gather of Tusk and this uh, yoga hosers that's coming out, uh, they're even further out into the... <laughs> and he did discuss some of his movie that he will be doing soon called Moose Jaws. Yeah, which, which will is... be a third installment of the same the same universe that, that Tusk and, and this uh, uh, Yoga Hosers is taking place in. Moose Jaws will be a part of it. But it will also introduce Jay and Silent Bob into that series, which I think will be very Good. entertaining. Yeah. And then to, to explain that for those for those that don't know, um, Moose Jaws is exactly what the name implies. It's it's almost a parody of the movie Jaws, but it's a moose that's, in, that's killing in people. the wilderness of of the Great Canada. White North in Canada. And uh, it's uh, people are coming up missing, and there's a killer moose, much like. Jaws who was now them. being hunted by Jay and Silent Bob. So, and I was very um, interested to see that. And I did not know this previous, but Johnny Depp is in all three of these movies. Yeah, which I find mind blowing. Uh, Johnny Depp being an actor that's been in Nightmare on Elm Street, Twenty One Jump Street, um, you know, all the just tons of movies Johnny Depp's been in, and he is in a Kevin Smith movie about Tusk, which is a dude that gets bit by another dude that turns him into a cheesy walrus or, walrus or something. Sort of and then this um, yoga hosers, which or hosers, whatever, it, that he is a some sort of detective. I guess he's the same. He's the detective guy in all three of these things. Yeah. And it's just like... A oh, French detective. A French detective. He loves doing... Uh voices and accents and but I mean the real insight in all that is, is the way Johnny Depp end up doing a, a series of Kevin Smith movies seemingly for free the way Kevin Smith talked um, his daughter has grown up friends with Kevin Smith's daughter and they've known each other since grade school I guess and stayed at each other's houses and Johnny Depp has taken them on trips and, and things like that which is how uh, Kevin Smith says he got Johnny Depp's phone number which led to and then I'm sure he'll be putting out a Q&A DVD that will explain all that. So, in all the things we heard throughout the podcast and in the Q&A, um, what did you find to be the most interesting thing that you didn't know previous? Um, or was that it, maybe, that Johnny Depp's friends with him and, and did, a, did a movie for him for free, no less? Well, I mean, pretty much just his array <coughs> of people, that his, his circle of director friends and actor friends, it's just... Kevin Smith is not a guy when you, you see Clerks and you see his Q&As and things, you think, hey, this is a dude that's friends with people like Quentin Tarantino and Johnny Depp, where he can just text him and be like, sup guys, I'm doing a movie, you want to be in it? You know, and then them go, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's yeah. just, I don't know, that's just, 
I guess, but that's Hollywood. Everybody knows everybody, and it, they, you know, they intermingle because of different things. But it's just, I don't know. See, hearing about stories like that's interesting to me because, yeah. you know, we're Alabama people. We don't, we don't know nothing about showbiz. <laughs> we just see it on TV. So, yeah, and I, I don't know. I guess the the one thing I, I heard him say that kind of surprised me. I don't know if it's disheartening, but kind of it's odd is, you know, for so many years and years certain actors are intertwined with Kevin Smith forever you know obviously the guys who played Dante and Randall and uh, so many people have had reoccurring parts um, I can only think of him as Earl right now I usually know his real name but uh, the guy who played Earl and my name is Earl uh, has been you know turned up in all his movies and so, um, and and <laughs> Rosie's gonna look that up right now. I so gotta Google gonna, it because it loses a, me. A it's, Jace, it's Jason. Jason uh, Lee. Jason, Jason Lee. Lee. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and so you just assume that Kevin Smith is close friends with Jason Lee, and they talk on a regular basis. And another actor that you consider that is Ben Affleck, despite what a big star he's became. You know, he's synonymous with Kevin Smith movies, and he pops up and everything at least in a small part of nothing else. Yeah, and Matt Damon too. Yeah, and so to hear him say that. Um, He's had little to no interaction with Ben Affleck in the last several years, other than a couple of emails. And like, well, that's that's crazy, you know. You yeah. thought, especially with him playing Batman now, I thought I would have thought he would have consulted with Kevin Smith about that at length, because you know Kevin Smith does a whole podcast about Batman. He's you know Mr. Comic Book, but I don't know. It's kind of weird. I guess you just you know people do go their separate ways and do different things, but I don't know. That, that's kind of sad because I don't think he would have. Yeah. Uh, the career he, he has had without Kevin Smith well, to some degree. I'm not saying that because you know he had the, he had the movie Phantoms and he's the bomb yo you know in that and so. But the only reason I know Phantoms exists is because Jay said yeah, that in James Bond's track. Back. See me, me and you though. Uh, you know I've watched a lot of movies. I watched a ton of movies before me and you got together, and it's like I've seen a lot of movies that he was in before. Yeah, you know that. And I so, know they wrote Goodwill Hunting and they won yeah, Oscars and all that. Exactly. Kind of I mean, he was known for for a certain acting type of role, you know, in those movies. But then to see him in something like Dogma or you know Chasing Amy, you know the Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, some of those, or even you know Clerks or Mallrats was like it was just a whole different way of his acting. It brought out yeah. a whole different. A comedic side to him, um, and it made him, I guess, relevant to people that don't really follow those movies, such as you know Goodwill Hunting and you know some of the more intelligent, smart movies. Yeah. Um, so, in a way, it kind of helped him. I would think it helped his career to make him a little more relevant to people. And I mean, I would be thankful for somebody doing that for me. But yeah, you know. I mean, I guess that's not to say that he's not. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if he if he takes uh, whatever small part that uh, he wants to cast him in the sequel to Mallrats, which he did confirm is still uh, underway and should be coming out next year sometime. So that was that was good to hear that he's not just going to completely stick to making all these weird-ass movies that he's doing now. And, and I was kind of excited <laughs> to hear him say Clerks 3. Yeah, yeah, he, I, he did say that still. I was like, I don't know how that's going to work, but I can only hope, and he better have, Dante and Randall in it. Because, Jesus, I mean, oh my God, you got to have Dante and Randall in a yeah, in you a can't have a Clarks movie without Dante and Randall. That would just be exactly completely unacceptable. Um, 
And I even like the addition of Elias. And I was, I'm sorry, I, I was a fan of Clerks 2. I, I know like there's Clerks a lot too. of people that love the original Clerks that hated on Clerks 2. Well, and I don't get it because I, I I thought it was I thought it was very funny and I, I enjoyed it and I liked some of the new characters that was introduced into it. I don't know. And, I found it interesting though when Kevin somebody had asked Kevin Smith like about the song that was wrote in Clark's one the drinking beers, drinking beers, smoking weed, smoking you know, yeah yeah and um, whatever you know it's like they asked him well did you come up with that who wrote that and he's like he come up with it or Jason Muse come up with it but he had added in. Um, snorting coke yeah and he didn't he didn't like that he said that if he could go back and change it he would have just done it as drinking beer smoking weed and that's it but i mean i'm i'm like i'm thinking as as everybody in zanies is singing this along with him including me <laughs> um <laughs> i don't think it would be the same to go back and take it out because the way clerks won although i'm sure there's things that he didn't like and he said that that there's some of his movies that if he could go back and take out things that he he would have and i'm thinking i wouldn't change a thing about it clerks is my one of my favorite top movies i love clerks oh, yeah. i can pop in clerks any day of the week if i'm having a bad day and and that just i love it it's just always been that way to me if if not for that for the little mini songs that they play in between the, the things. <laughs> what I found fascinating about that is, you know, he, the, the guy in the crowd, one of the questions in the Q&A was who wrote the, the quote-unquote fuck song, which which opens up Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. But he said, well, no one actually wrote it. They were standing outside about to walk in for that scene at the end of Clerks 1, and he tells Jason Mewes, Sing one of your little goofy songs you sing. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, when you walk around singing, he's, he's just sing something. So he just makes it up off the cuff, makes up that song, and then, like you said, he includes that line about Coke. And he asks him, he's like, why would you say doing Coke? You don't fucking do Coke. You're a stoner, you know? And he's like, I don't know. I just put it in there. And, you know, <laughs> I just think it's funny that a song that a whole building of 300 people are in there singing along with him, which you could tell genuinely amused him, and, and you know, he loved that. Um, that's just something Jason Mewes just popped off out of the blue, you know, and now yeah. it's something that, it's you know, people it's, know and remember. It's culture, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It's just, it's part, it's a, it's it's part of, I don't know, it's just part of our And he said, stuff. you know, he said he had, like, Two regrets for Clerks, the things he wish he 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 don't want to go back and redo it, but if he if he had a chance to do it again the first time, he would he would have made uh he would have made him take out the thing about doing coke, and I don't remember what the second thing was, but they both had to, they both had to do with Jason Mewes things that he said that was not scripted that he just that he just ad libbed. Um, but I think that you know Jay's a character that nobody really takes nothing he says that serious anyway so it's not like anybody went home like oh god jay's a cokehead you know just some goofy yeah. shit he said and uh i yeah i think clerks is perfect as it is i wouldn't take anything out but i did find it funny and it, i guess it kind of shows what keeps kevin smith level-headed because he was like he doesn't think clerks is that great of an original movie that he looks at as a knockoff of uh slackers and that it was just his version of that, but I don't think many other people would agree with that. You know, I, I mean, everything about it—the the being shot in black and white and the, the day and time that they did, even though they say it was just a cost-cutting measure, it wasn't like a statement. It was just—it was cheaper to buy a black and white film. But uh, everything about that movie, I think, was original, and it kind of changed the way people 
made movies at the time because I I never saw I never seen anything like it you know especially from a comedy you know the way it was broke up into the little segments and yeah um, I don't know it's just it's it's one of those movies it's like I don't know it's like I said that night when we came back and we were discussing it it's like out of all Kevin Smith's movies the only movie that he's done so far that's different is well Chasing Amy's nothing like the others that is a very original Kevin Smith you know, movie. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at it like, in his eyes, he thinks, okay, well, I just pretty much ripped off Slacker for Clerks. You know, um, what was the other one he said he ripped off? Well, he said Mallrats was basically an 80s John yeah, Hughes Yeah, John movie. Hughes. And, and you can see the influence, but it's You can see the influence, but it's, I don't think it's a knockoff because it, it, it in its own is different because of the characters mm-hmm. and stuff. So... It's, I don't know. He's it, To me, uh, Kevin Smith's one of the great directors. I mean, granted, now the stuff he does now is just to show people, hey, you think that I'm farting, yeah, I'm, farting dick jokes, so yeah, this, is what, you, this, this, this is what you're going to get, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, for the people that, you know, only want him to make things such as Clerks and Mallrats, and they don't want to see anything like his The Red State or The Chasing Amy's or Dogma even or any of the 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 other outside realms that he's done, it, you know, he's just like, well, screw you. This is you're gonna get a shitty, you know, D-rated piece of shit. You know? <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> I also thought it was very funny that he talked about the fact when he directed Cop Out that him and Bruce Willis just fucking hate each other. Like, oh yeah, his, his <laughs> he impersonation Bruce of uh, Willis. Bruce Willis was awesome. That was great. So those stories were, were interesting and fun as well. Yeah. Uh, before we move away from Zanies, though, I feel the responsibility to do, to add one thing, though. If, if you do go to Zanies, um, have some money with you because oh. you, each person does have a two... Item minimum. Item minimum. Yes. And the food's not cheap. The drinks aren't cheap. Well, but, you know, it, it is to some degree. They have items that are cheap, <coughs> and they have items that are not cheap. I mean, you could spend the onset of sixty bucks in one show just on food and drinks, um, and the, the food is very good. I, oh, I do, yeah. I'd say it is, yeah, it is very good food, um, but it, it's not. <coughs> yeah, it's not cheap. You want to make sure you take you a little money so you've got your two plus covered and you've got you know in case they because a lot yeah. of the comics will bring their stuff like their dvds t-shirts and they'll sign stuff yeah. books um that they'll have for sale after the show and you can purchase those things from them too so you know it's it's not uh it's not a bad experience it's it's not like i said one i'd go do every night but in certain times it's 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 great. Yeah, I, I didn't say it to dissuade anybody from going. I just didn't want to get an email or a tweet and they go, "Hey, thanks, asshole. You didn't tell us we need to bring you know <laughs> money to, for this this you know two item minimum." Uh, but that's a bar. At the, at the end of the day, uh, they're a bar slash restaurant that that has comedy as as uh, ways to get people in. But you know, it's it's a money making thing, and that's that's part of it. But the food is really good there, and uh, we like I say we went to two shows and. We you know probably spent a hundred bucks total on drinks and food yeah um, at least because of it but we enjoyed ourselves and I think we've gotten that across so moving on in our with our Nashville trip we uh, we got us a hotel because you know we were gonna, we were gonna get there Thursday and we was gonna stay till we was gonna head back last night which we did so you know Rosie got online and did some investigating found us a hotel 
and uh, it was it was pretty nice. Um, the only thing the only thing we realized once we got there it was right next to an, a train exchange station, and there was this loud whine that pretty much went on almost the entire time we were there, and I didn't originally see it as identifiable, but. The next morning, Rosie seemed to figure out what she thought it was, which stuck in my head the rest of the time. So tell everybody uh, what we were listening to as we were at the hotel, laying in bed, trying to sleep, trying to watch TV, whatever. Yeah, I told Gene I think we ought to be ready to uh, be picked for the Hunger Games because it sounds like the Mockingjay whistle. <laughs> and it did. I once, once I, I, I'm completely guilty, and, and this will come out on this podcast over the episodes, I'm sure, um, I've been guilty of ruining uh, so many songs for Rosie where I'll, I'll change the lyrics or someone you know in the past. Uh, the only example that jumps to mind right now, a guy I used to work with, um, every time the song Wagon Wheel used to come on, he would oh sing rape, rape Your Mama With a Wagon Wheel. And so Rosie, I, tell, I tell that to Rosie, and she's never been able to hear... Oh, I know, here's another good example, too. The old uh, LL Cool J song, Hey Lover... Uh, I changed that to Gay Lover, and she's never been able to hear that um, the same as well. And, and try the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, I want to know your name. I won't tell them your I name. Won't I won't tell them my name. Uh, yeah, it's I won't tell them you're gay. Yeah. Um, so so. That, that pops in my head every time that comes on. I want to tell you I thank you for that so much. Yeah, so I've done that in quite a few songs. So once it's one of those things like once you hear it, you can't unhear it. So that was the same for me. So, um, yeah, we heard the Mockingjay whistle for... for two and a half days while we were there. It would stop, but it's usually when we were gone to go eat or something, you might go, hey, it's, it stopped. It's not doing it. And then two minutes later, it's back just incessantly. Yeah. Um, but it was a pretty nice hotel. Uh, well, it was a La Quinta, it, I'll it, say it. You know? I don't know. If you, if you looked at it, I, some people would see it as a little questionable because it did kind of look a little run down in some parts. But, I mean, most hotels in Nashville, it's like unless you want to pay $200 a night to stay somewhere downtown... Um, the outskirts are going to run you about 99 a night, 97 a night if you're lucky. And it's it's like for the price, it was a decent place to stay. It didn't have bed bugs. It was very clean. Uh, we didn't get bothered. Um, you know, I mean, it just, for, for the money and for what we needed it for, it was fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm saying this from a standpoint of, okay, as a guy who's, whose company pays to put him in, in hotels pretty frequently... It wasn't the nicest I've stayed in because they put me in pretty nice places most yeah, of the time. I mean, but as a guy who spent uh, many a night at the Southern Motel with Neil Taylor in Corinth, <laughs> where, where there was bed bugs and free, free porn, porn on the TV, it wasn't scrambled. You didn't have to pay for it. It was there. You're flipping through, and there's Jay Leno, David Letterman, did, porn. Did you have one of those beds yeah. you put quarters in? No, I didn't yeah. have that, uh, unfortunately. Damn. That's... Uh, that would have that would have <laughs> felt nice after a hard <laughs> night of wrestling Danny Morris and Mega Man Rodney Grimes to go back and put a quarter in the bed and be shaken to sleep <laughs> <laughs> afterwards. But, uh, yeah, we, me and... Uh, me and Neil Taylor in the days of Southern Destruction stayed in some pretty questionable places for about $25, $30 a night that made the place we stayed in last night look like the Grand Hotel. Which, uh, <laughs> which I've stayed in, so it's... it's yeah, yeah, so you yeah. know you know what's up with that. But yeah, it wasn't a bad place at all for what we needed it for and for how long we were going to stay there for the price. Um, it, it, was, it was pretty nice, like I say, other than... 
uh, the the Mockingjay whistle going nonstop. But we did have a, a Cracker Barrel, like literally in the parking lot that we went and ate uh, breakfast at and then returned and ate dinner at because we didn't want to have to drive because the weather was bad. That's not worth going into. Uh, but the Cracker Barrel meals were pretty good. Yeah, it was the Cracker and, Barrel uh, in the parking lot. was Got you a, a nice necklace. Yes, I'm a procurer store. goodies from the Cracker Barrel. I can't go into a Cracker Barrel and not spend another forty dollars buying stuff. So, that's and that's why I have thing. to budget that. Like if we're if we're going to eat <laughs> and we're budgeting a meal, you know, and it's like, well, we can go here to Applebee's. We'll spend thirty dollars, or we can go to Cracker Barrel, which the meal will be twenty, but then when you get the necklace or the purse or the whatever, it's going to be fifty. So, eh. We'll go to Applebee's instead, but uh, we did we did pretty good in there. And uh, what else did we do uh, leading into uh, Friday? We really didn't do nothing. Uh, Friday was nice. Like we we went yeah. and ate a Cracker Barrel a couple of times, and uh, we went and had a nice lunch at Old Chicago. I don't know if anybody's ever ate at Old Chicago. It's a place we discovered when we were living in Kentucky. They had one in Evansville, Indiana, and we ate there several times. And it's it's a nice place. It's they got Chicago style pizza, obviously, and all sorts of things. The menu every time we go, there's more and more stuff on the menu. Uh, but we went there and got us a, a deep dish pizza and some sausage rolls, and that was really good. And then we went back to the hotel and pretty much uh, slept. Slept uh, <laughs> in in between fading in and out between Seinfeld episodes on TBS and. Um, Watch TV and rested for the first time in, in quite a while because we, we normally run around. So that was nice. And then Saturday morning we got up and we went and had breakfast at the IHOP. And there was a lot of people at the IHOP and like two servers. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, but the Bananas Foster's Brioche, off the hook. Yeah, it was some good stuff. And my strawberry and cream cheese crepes were, were very nice. So then uh, we were looking for something to do, and we decided to go check out Opry Mills. We'd never been there. Last time I was there, it was Opry Land. I was riding roller coasters. I was riding bumper cars. I was on the log ride. It's a great time. And now we come back, and it is a colossal, colossal mall and a colossal, colossal clusterfuck. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. So many people. If Dear you, God. If you go... Have patience because parking's limited. You have to drive around and park like six <coughs> miles from it to then walk. Um, it is so huge. There's literally every kind of store in that thing that you would you would want. Fossil, Coach, Michael Kors. Um, Things I didn't even know existed. There was a Puma store. Puma. Like, who knew the Puma was even still a thing? Yeah, Tommy Hilfiger, which I thought nobody wears Tommy Hilfiger yeah. anymore. Well, they don't in these parts because we don't have a Tommy Hilfiger store here anymore. But apparently there's people, you know, that do. Uh, Tommy Bahama, I mean, just like, and then several different restaurants. Now, I would say go there for the restaurants because there's the Rainforest Cafe, there's the Aquarium, which are very unique experiences, but very expensive. Dave and Buster's is Dave connected. and Buster's. Bass uh, Pro Shop. Yeah, and we, and we, were, we were all gung-ho to go to Dave and Buster's, but then I... I did not realize that Dave and Buster's, they let kids in there. I would assume... I thought the whole gimmick was it was Chuck E. Cheese without the shitty kids. Yeah, I Chuck did. E. Cheese without the shitty kids. So, and, I, and that's the whole thing that had me sold 
But then when I, I went on and I downloaded the, the D&B app and got my $10 credit and all that stuff, I seen the reviews people had posted. And they were talking about how their kids went and had such a great time and that, you know, their kids, their kids, their kids. Every review had somebody bringing kids. And I'm like, okay, well, all the commercials they show shows these adults getting, like, pissed drunk. Where are the kids? Okay? And I can only imagine, and in, in, I'm not saying I hate kids. We're not saying we dislike children. I just, children are not for me and Jean. We, we, do, we do not do kids well. Um, I'm not very kid-friendly. I, I am, but I'm not. I, I'm not in the circumstances where I'm wanting to drink an alcoholic beverage and play skee-ball. So, <laughs> I just seen that that would be a tremendous headache to me to have to yeah. deal with kids running around and me trying to relax and enjoy a video game, have some fun, and then there's whiny kids everywhere. So, yeah, I don't like them. Um, I don't like kids. I don't want to see any harm come to them. It's very upsetting to me when I hear something bad happen to a kid. Uh, but I don't like them. I don't enjoy being around them. I don't find them amusing or funny or cute or any of that crap. Um, but that's just me. But... Uh, yeah, I don't want to go somewhere where there's going to be a bunch of them running around and then the parents are drunk and letting them be even worse than normally would be. So, yeah, that pretty much shut that down for me. So we, we chose to do something else. But anyway, it was it was, uh, it was a pretty nice place. And uh, Rosie found her a Darth Vader uh, keychain at the Lego store. It was a Lego Darth Vader. Pretty neat. Um, found a Cheshire Cat at the Disney store. Yes, I'm a child. I found a pretty, well, me too, because I found a pretty sweet one, two, three kid action figure at the KB Express. So, uh, got a pretty pretty good haul from the mall. We went and ate lunch at TGI Fridays, which yeah. we hadn't had much of since we moved back from Kentucky. We used to eat at the one in Owensboro some, but we got us, uh, I got a Jack Daniel's sliders, and she got her a Jack Daniel's chicken, and we had some sweet appetizers. And uh, we hit the road and killed time to until uh, we had to go to uh, the wrestling match at the fairgrounds. Now, let me preface this by saying, and you're going to hear a lot of these stories on the podcast because we've been to a lot of them and we haven't really had an opportunity to tell the stories. But, you know, I'm involved in wrestling. Sometimes I manage. Sometimes I wrestle. Sometimes I do commentary whatnot but first and foremost more than anything i'm a wrestling fan i'm not ashamed of that i'm not embarrassed to say uh that i'm a fan of wrestling and that i like i still like to go to shows as a fan so many of these guys once they get involved then it's beneath them to go to a show or they have to act like they don't like it or they're not you know excited about meeting one of their heroes and that kind of shit and that just annoys me so um, despite doing get, being involved here and there other places, I still like to go to shows and like meeting wrestlers. And we figured out the other day um, we've met like 180 wrestlers, give or take. And uh, we kind of have a list now of, of people who are like priority people we want to meet. And one of the people on that list was Kevin Nash. We were supposed to meet Kevin Nash at WrestleCade uh, in North Carolina last November slash December and at the last minute he had shingles and had to cancel and he wasn't able to be there and we were bummed out because we had met Scott Hall in October in Rome so we are like, ah, oh, we're going to meet the Outsiders in back-to-back months, you know, which Outsiders, probably top two favorite tag teams of mine of all time, you know, 
Love the Outsiders and the NWO and, and back in the day in WCW. So we were super psyched about that. Then it didn't work out. And so we've been trying to figure out, well, where are we going to meet Kevin Nash at? And uh, we'd already, like I said, Rosie bought these tickets back in February. So we already had plans to be in Nashville to see Kevin Smith. And it pops up on Facebook that Kevin Nash is going to be at a show in Nashville. And lo and behold, it's it's two days after we're going to see Kevin Smith. So we had to put in a request for uh, off days from work and everything. And so we went to Freedom Pro Wrestling, which I had never heard of, but apparently they're based out of like Wisconsin. But they did have a track record of having shows and guys actually showing up who were booked on the shows. And so we went and uh it wasn't a bad show um and i mean we're gonna talk about wrestling on here and i'm gonna try not to be the asshole that a lot of people are on the internet just ripping shows but at the same time we're gonna be honest we're not gonna say stuff was great when it wasn't but it was a good show it had a lot of great points the second match was not one of those great points Uh, the second match cut all together shouldn't have even took place yeah but we'll get to the show portion of that in just a minute so we get there, and the first knock I would have the show is a little unorganized because we walk up and there's a line over here, and there's a few people over, like, and it wasn't even like the lines were close together. Like there was one line up against the building, and then there was another line like out towards the parking lot, and then a separate line out towards the parking lot, and there was a little table out there where they were selling tickets. And of course, we already had ours pre-bought. Rosie had had them on her phone, and there was one chick standing there. And as we're walking up, Rosie goes over and makes conversation with her. And she says, oh, I got the VIP tickets. And so we thought that was the line. So we get in line behind her. We'll come to find out this big, huge line that went down the wall of the building was the VIP line. They were just letting her in early because they had told her wrong or something like that. Well, anyway, the guy that's running the door looks over at us and said, are y'all with her? And we're like, yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, they're with me. So don't know her name. I never did catch her name. But um, if she's listening, thank you, because that helped us out. But then we returned the favor and let her cut line, uh, cut the Kevin Nash line with us. But anyway, it was supposed to, the door was supposed to open at 6.15. They opened at 6.45. Well, that's not special. Every wrestling show in the world typically starts late. But as our VIPs, we were supposed to get in at 5.15. Yeah, at 5.15. Which we did get in at 5.30. No, it was probably about 5.40. Yeah, 5.40. So we did get in earlier than than that. But anyway, we got in and we got in line. We we went right in the Kevin Nash line. And, um, you know, I've heard heard different things about him. I've heard some people say he's really cool. Some people say he's kind of grumpy and indifferent. Uh, but he, everybody in front of us that we seen, he was talking to him. He was cutting up, and this one guy had on a bootleg diesel shirt, and he he got his cell phone out and took a picture of it to put on his Twitter, and seemed genuinely amused by it. And then when we when we were taking our picture with him and getting our action figure signed, because I got corrected, I called it a doll, and Eric Young uh, corrected me. Um, you know, I was getting things signed. I, I told him, I said, you know, I've been a I've been a fan of yours ever since I saw you as uh, Vinny Vegas in Columbus, Mississippi wrestling Van Hammer. And he's like, he said, that's like a rodeo arena, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's a dirt floor. And he remembered the show. Like, he remembered, you know, details of it and where the hotel they stayed in and all that. 
So that was really cool that he didn't just blow me off. I'm like, yeah, I've you know, been a lot of places. He actually remembered the show and kind of remembered what went on. And uh, I had a similar experience when we met Scott Hall. You know, he talked about the same place, Columbus, but it was a continental show, and he remembered that, and he stood around and talked. So our experience meeting Kevin Ash was really positive. I enjoyed it. I think you did too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So super nice guy. We got a really great picture with him. Uh, we got to meet Eric Young, which we'd met him once before, but you know we took a picture with him, spoke with him for a minute, and he, he's a really nice guy. Um, Rosie got a picture with Rockstar Spud and had some interaction with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was fanning herself because it was hot in the building, and <laughs> what did he say to you? Hey, Sid. <coughs> hey, Sid, I know, love, I'm hot. I know, I know you can't stand it because I'm so hot over here. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then and then she berated him for not having his bow tie anymore. Yeah, which he, he says he doesn't wear the bow tie anymore, but I don't know because fuck me, I don't watch TNA. Yeah, I, you know, y'all might be like, oh my god, how can you be wrestling fans and not watch TNA? But I'm sorry, I tried, I tried, and I, I'm sure there's some people that think that's the greatest thing alive. And hey, wrestling's subjective, each his own. I just don't like it. I tried. I can't, I can't sit through it. Well, so. I've said this time and time again. I don't like TNA because I don't like their booking or their writing or whatever you want to call it. There is some, I mean, there are some really good wrestlers in TNA. And last night was proof because honestly, and I said this to Rosie as we were sitting there, and then I read some reviews on uh, Trent Van Dries's Mid Southern Wrestling Board, and and a couple of guys said the same thing. Essentially, this was a TNA house show from 2015. Yeah. I mean, these most of the guys on the show had been in TNA. Some still are. Some are in and out. Um, but a lot of those guys are really, really talented guys. It's just the, the storylines are so hard to watch. I mean, when you can make the American Wolves boring yeah, um, and, and, and unwatchable. And we were like the hugest American Wolves fans. Yeah. And for ROH, and it's like soon, you know, we were excited when they went well, to we TNA. Well, we didn't watch TNA for like a couple of years, and we made it a point to start back watching when they brought them in. And I think we made it through, what, maybe three weeks? And that was fast-forwarding into the yeah. the Wolves match. Yeah, it was. And we couldn't, and then we didn't bother watching their stuff anymore. But Well, I mean, case in point, I mean, I, I back in the day, watched TNA more than I watched WWE when TNA first came out. Yeah. And they had the six-sided ring and, you know, the, the X Division and all mm -hmm. that stuff. I thought that that was the most new and different concept of wrestling I had seen at that time. You know, and yeah. then when they started getting away from that, they went to a regular ring. They started bringing in the old WWF guys, and you know, started just being just total storyline, no wrestling. It was like maybe just a little wrestling with a forty-five minutes of storyline. I quit watching it. Yeah, well, it was it was like WWE done very badly. Yeah, like it was just a it was like a, a very a bad poor WCW is what it was. Yeah, and they even not ended, not the good years not, like not the, the, good, the two thousand and two thousand one yeah, ninety nine and two thousand years of WCW, but um, it you know it, it had its high spots, uh, no pun intended, because high spots was there, but um, you know the opening match. They promised there was going to be, they had their names booked, but they promised there were going to be some surprises. Well, the first two surprises, um, well, Kevin Nash comes out, he's playing the GM, because they had to have him do something, because he wasn't wrestling. Um, and so, Robbie E. from TNA comes out, which I admit, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a Robbie E. fan. I'm not against him, I just, I, you know, I just he's, he's Robbie E., fine, whatever. Um, 
And then they had this guy, and I don't get this. I did some reading on it this morning. Apparently, this, this guy's a thing up north. A guy they call LaMarca, who's a guy dressed like LaParca wearing a CM Punk t-shirt who comes out to cult of personality and does all of CM Punk's mannerisms, but then he gets on the microphone and marks out for whoever's in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he comes out, and of course... It got a good, you know, when they go, we got a mystery opponent for Robbie E. And then Cult of Personality, this kid, this kid sitting next to me wearing a bootio shirt lost his fucking mind because apparently he really thought CM Punk was going to walk out the fairgrounds of Nashville on Saturday night. And of course, Nash <laughs> sold it because, you know, Nash had his deal with Punk and, and WWE a couple of years back. So him and Robbie E. were in the ring laughing and what. So LaMarca comes out and they do that. And then, uh, and then Robbie E. tosses him out and, uh, EC3 comes out. Now, admittedly, me and Rosie aren't EC3 fans because I, I haven't watched enough, really, I guess, to get whatever it is that's gotten him over. But he was over with the crowd. He got a good pop. And they had a decent little, like, four-minute match or something. And uh, I was like, well, that's an impressive way to start the show. You got two TV guys, and, you know, Robbie got pretty good heat, and EC3 got a really good pop. And uh, and they both look like wrestlers. You know, they're, they're, they're in great shape. And then in the second match, these Two skinny guys that look like the young bucks on meth, and but they were called like Motley. The, the Motley Two. I, I I only knew that from reading results. This okay, because the, the Motley Two, and they come out to a Motley Crew song, and they look like I don't know. Their their gear is like something from the eighties. Like they got the bandanas on the legs. They got yeah. I mean, just, I mean they went to Adrian Street's eBay yeah uh, page and bought these tights. Clearly, a exactly. And so, and they don't look like. I mean, they they look horrible. I, I'm sorry, they do. Um, the review I read, the one guy said the one guy looked like a white version of cheeseburger. Yeah, I get that. Probably, you know. I totally get that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so. So anyway, then their opponents, and then again, I only know this because I read another guy's review on Trent's board because some of the announcements I could not make out last night, and this was one of them. Uh, these guys were the Mest Brothers, M-E-S-T, Mean Mark Mest, who I've seen, I think he's on my Facebook, or I've seen him on Facebook, who looks like Bo James if you put an extra 200 pounds on him, which no offense to Bo James, Bo James is pretty big to start with. So to put another 200 pounds on him, that's a lot. But uh, And then a, a partner who looked like uh, Cowboy Dusty McWilliams, if, if anybody listening knows who that is, uh, looked like him, but a little heavier and less athletic, uh, wrestling these two skinny guys. And the skinny guys attack them with chairs right off the bat. And so Mean Mark Mest, or you know Bigger Bo James, whatever you want to call him, he was face down on the ground, and really, I made a bet to Rosie right then that that's probably all we'd see of him. I didn't think he was going to get back up off the yeah, mat. He, he was blown up. He's pretty they, blown they got up. brought out on a on a go kart thing, and they walked like a quarter of the way to the ring that everybody else did, and he was still blown up. And uh, the match goes on for a couple of minutes. He crawls up the. I didn't think he was going to get up the steps. He got up the steps, and he got the hot the Robert Gibson hot tag. Uh, and he comes in, not quite like a house of fire, as Gordon Sully would say, you know, <laughs> maybe an apartment with a grease fire or something. <laughs> he, he staggered in, and the guys, you know, ran up to him and, and took bumps off of him. And then, of course, it ended with what else would it end with but a splash. And, uh, and that was that. And it was so out of place. It was like, 
you know, they had the lights, they had a nice ring, you know, they, they had a professional looking show, and then you had guys like Rob E and EC3 and um, and everybody, but then you had this match look like something that Kevin would have put on a $10 wrestling show for people who knows what that is, or even a $5 wrestling show, stuck in the, like, you know, crowbarred in the middle of it, just felt really odd and out of place, but anyway, I'm not going to sit and run down the entire card, uh, I don't remember <coughs> what match came after that, but there was a guy uh, who who came out. Is they called him Teddy Fine. I don't remember what his nickname was, but he had a, a whole intro, uh, a nickname. But um, I liked his gimmick. He was different. He stood out. He wasn't just your your average, you know. Oh, I think between that was Samuel Shaw, the guy that did the Dexter gimmick in TNA against a local guy, Sean Schultz. Well, Sean Schultz is really popular. He does a every show that goes on around Nashville and they had a good little match and Sean Schultz I mean the stuff he did looked good it's just he's too blah like he's got to have like being out there in a pair of beige pants and crawling around like a snake and telling everybody to shh you know and I'm doing a motion in my mouth like you might can see me right now um doing that but like the guy has potential he can work he hit one of the best looking Alabama jam leg drops off the top rope I've seen but he just needs something something to spice up the character but they had a good little match uh the teddy fine guy he, he did he looked like in the face he looked like samoa joe but he had a singlet like colt cabana and he had this uh thing with fringe on it and and it looked like something johnny b bad would carry but instead of shooting out confetti it sprayed water and he's come around made his way around ringside to all night long by Lionel Richie spraying oh. himself in the face with water. Yeah. What that, was your take on Teddy Fine? Um, like I said, I think his I think his gimmick was different and I like that. You know, because you don't see a lot of guys that that do the the more comical gimmicks like that. Yeah. And I mean it was good as far as his look and his his gimmick, his mannerisms, his the song he comes out to, all that was, was good. His wrestling could use a little touch. Um yeah, but you know, for for to to throw somebody like that in on a show, it, that's good because it gets the the comical reaction and gets the crowd to laughing and you know, kind of adds. And a it little gives him a little bit of it. credibility because he was wrestling MVP. So you know, if you brought him back against somebody else, you're like, well, we've seen the guy wrestle MVP. MVP was over with the crowd. You know, his stuff looked good. The only thing is the, I don't know if you blame it on the referee or if you blame it on Teddy Fine, but the finish got botched. And MVP was pretty freaking hot about it. You could tell it from just our vantage point at ringside. But all in all, it was other than the botched finish, it was a it was a good match. I thought it was one of the better matches on the show, just from the fact they worked the crowd really well. Um, then you also had uh, uh, Tatanka. I'm going out of order here, but Tatanka wrestled the champion CJ O'Doyle. My only knowledge of CJ O'Doyle is he used to be on the JCW shows where Jay and Shaggy making fun of him and everything. He was like a jobber on there. But uh, Tatanka, surprisingly, I mean, considering he's like, he's got to be like 50-something, late 50s probably, um, whose heyday was in, you know, 93, 4, uh, was still in pretty good shape. He's a little heavy. He looks about like, like Wahoo McDaniel in his, you know, later days in wrestling. But he worked you know, as good a match as he did back in the day, and it was over with the crowd. There was some guy sitting next to Rosie who kept trying to do the, you know, his little war cry that he does <laughs> on his theme song as he comes out. It's pitiful. <laughs> yeah, he tried. Pitiful. 
Uh, one funny thing, and I don't even know if I told you this because you got to go uh, to the concession stand during that part of the match to get a drink. But uh, at one point, he was doing a couple of his old spots on the guy, and the guys at ringside were yelling, oh, he did a couple of chops, and a couple of guys in the front row were going, one more time, one more time. And Tatanka looks at him and goes, you should chant, you still got it. And then he did a move, and they started chanting, you still got it. Well, then the whole crowd started chanting. And then he's like nodding along, like, yeah, I still got it. And I'm like, well, I don't know that that really counts if you ask if people. If you ask chant, people to say it. Chant, you still got it. Yeah. I've never seen that happen. Yeah, I didn't, I found, I didn't see that. I found that to be funny, but, you know, he did, he did still have it. It was it was a good match. But, of course, you know, C.J. Dole's a champion. Tatanka's not going to come in and win the title, as you predicted, as they are coming to the ring. You're like, well, this is going to be a screw job because Tatanka's not going to win the title, is he? And I'm like, well, probably not. And that's exactly what happened. The referee got bumped, and Tatanka had him pinned, and then he low-blowed Tatanka and rolled him up, and magically the referee went from laying flat on his face dead to crawling right over in one, two, three, which is so, <laughs> you know, like I told so you. obvious. But, I told uh, you. But it was, a good, it was a good match. You're a uh, lady's pretty smart when yeah, it comes to Yeah, you're starting figure, to figure this wrestling I'm thing figu- out. I'm you? figuring this wrestling stuff out pretty good. So that was a good match. And then they originally, when they booked this show, when they were advertising the show, it was originally advertised Crimson versus Kevin Nash in a match. And then they announced a couple weeks out that Nash wasn't actually going to wrestle. He was just going to make an appearance. And Nash, when he did his general manager mic spell at the beginning, he he said that uh, he had looked in the mirror and decided he was too old to be getting in there and wrestling. So they had Crimson come out and cut a promo about the fact that Kevin Nash wasn't going to wrestle. He's now left without an, an opponent. And uh, throughout the night, we had noticed up in the bleachers up there that, that Chase Stevens, former TNA wrestler, uh, was up in the stands and uh, a few other people. So when Crimson came out and made his challenge, he challenged like a couple of guys who were in the crowd who were Tennessee Titan football players. And then he looked up in the in the stands at Chase Stevens and said, hey, what about you, Brett Michaels? You want to come down here and wrestle? And then he said, no, I won't beat you up in front of your girlfriend because he was sitting up there with the lady from uh, the bail bonding company who you know sponsors that Arcadian wrestling that he books. So they went through a few people, and eventually uh, he said, you know, I'll challenge anybody here, you know, bring them on. And James Storm's music hit, and everybody lost their mind. I mean, James Storm got a huge, huge pop, and came out drinking his beer and all that, and made around around the around the crowd, and everybody was everybody was super excited to see James Storm, and they proceeded to have a they had a pretty good match. I mean, Crimson is the first time I've seen him work in a long time, and he has improved a lot. I mean, there was there was one spot in there where he was stomping stomping him that looked really really rough but all in all I mean it was a good match and they played the crowd really well and uh, they ended up Rosie called another finish uh, James Storm made a point to set his beer right in the middle of the steps and everybody was avoiding those steps through the whole match and she's like he set his beer there upright he's they're probably gonna use it for something and so sure enough Crimson grabbed the beer bottle and that became involved in the finish and uh, he took a a super kick and spit beer in there and got pinned and the, and you know the crowd popped so it was it was a good match and I'd say as surprises go um, that probably set a standard with fans who even if they're on the fence about maybe not going to the next show because eh, I don't really care about Tommy Dreamer or BWO or whoever 
They may still come just because, like, well, hell, there's no telling who the surprise is going to be. Last time it was EC3, Robbie E, and James Storm, you know. So that was probably a good thing. I'm usually not a fan of, of not advertising people because if you're going to spend the money on why wouldn't you advertise them? Although I kind of understand the James Storm thing. I'm sure it probably was last minute uh, since Kevin Nash decided not to wrestle. But Rosie was excited to see James Storm. She's a James Storm fan from way back. So Yeah, not so much these days, but yeah, from... <laughs> From back in the older days, uh, yeah. From the America's Most Wanted with Chris Harris days, she was more Yes, of a, yes. Back in those days, I was. I was. But she still looked pretty excited when he came out, because he assumed at this point it, it was probably going to be anticlimactic, you know, whoever the yeah the surprise was going to be. It would probably be, you know, somebody. Yeah. yeah. I, I think my exact words were, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you had that, and then in the main event... Um, Eric Young wrestled Spud and uh, Rockstar Spud come out and cut a really good heel promo uh, on Nashville and the fans before the match which got him got him some good heat which was probably good because a few people probably was cheering for him and that kind of shut that down and then Eric Young was over like you know like crazy you know a combination of he's been wrestling in Nashville he lives in Nashville and he was recently on NXT and so he he got over real well, and from the we went ahead and cut out because we didn't want to fight the traffic, so we left before that match was over. But according to the results, surprise surprise, Eric Young did defeat Rockstar Spud in the main event with a pile driver. So um, I think we probably could have I think you probably could have predicted that one too while you were predicting probably. finishes. So. Yeah. But all in all, it was a pretty good show, um, especially to be their their first outing in Nashville. Obviously, there's some things that you know they're gonna want to fix, especially like the the tickets and the lines and the getting everybody in the building on time and all that. But, you know, we'll, we'll chalk that up as, you know, growing pains and being in a new place and all that. So I would probably go again. I mean, we've, we've seen Tommy Dreamer in the BWO, so I probably won't go to the next one unless they announce somebody just really, really big that we want to meet. Um, that we won't be meeting at WrestleCade in yeah, November. Exactly, because we're going there in November. Yeah. So... We're going to try to keep these things to an hour because I know it's hard to invest much more time than an hour to listen to people ramble on and talk about things. So we're going to try to keep that. We went over it this time. Uh, but in the future, we're going to try to keep most of them to an hour. Sometimes they'll go a little over because uh, much like Kevin Smith, I can be a little long-winded at times. And uh, Rosie knows that. And so, and then both of us, if we get on a subject, can, can get going. But again, we're going to make this show, it's just, it's not going to be the same every week. Sometimes we'll be talking about wrestling, we'll be talking about our favorite TV shows, movies, music, places we go, things we see and do. And uh, if you like it, like I say, share the share the link with somebody, shoot us an email. If you if you don't already, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Vince Hates Us All on Twitter. You're at Shyland. Spell, spell it. <laughs> yeah, spell it out. gotta spell it because you don't know how to spell it. It's R C A I L L A N D at Twitter, um, or Facebook, which is Rose Jackson, the wife of Jean Jackson. Yep, on uh, Facebook, uh, I'm uh, facebook.com slash king of all wrestling media. I pretty much add anybody that adds me on there, unless you turn out to be like one of these. Yeah, I, you know, I won't spam things. Uh, I'll, I'll go back and delete you. I'll add you if you're not a creep. If you're a creep, you <laughs> get added. So it's 
Pretty much I'll, I'll look at your profile before I add you, and if I don't like you, you're not getting added. But yeah, like us and follow us on there. If, and I, I may end up making a page specifically for this podcast. I haven't decided. I'm definitely going to add it to the localstolegends.com uh, website. But if you like it, you know, shoot us an email. Send us a, a tweet or a Facebook message. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. Uh, things you think would make the show better. Because, again, um, I enjoy podcasting, but it's a real big hassle trying to book wrestlers and guests and trying to find time with my work schedule and their work schedules to get those done. I'm not saying I won't do any more of those. I will. Probably not on a regular, consistent basis. We're going to try to do these possibly weekly. So, um, and we've got plenty of stuff to talk about. But I don't know. Some people have said they find us entertaining. They find our views interesting and they like to hear about our adventures. So I figured the best way is to Get on here and talk about it, because we're going to talk about it anyway, so why not record it and put it out there and let people listen to it? And Anything you'd like to add here at the, the end of the very first episode of the, the Jackson reaction? Uh, next episode may be my rants on the youth of America, judging by our experience at the Steak and Shake last night. So. Yes. Uh, yeah. La- the very last leg of the trip last night as we were driving home, we stopped at, well... I'll make this quick. We stopped at the Steak and Shake in Nashville, couldn't get served, got back in the car, left, drove all the way to Huntsville, stopped at that Steak and Shake. They seated us very quickly. Um, overall, that was pretty good. We didn't, you know, we asked for straw, didn't get a straw, we didn't get any napkins, eh, whatever. But there was a table full of teenagers sitting a couple of tables over. Uh, who just annoyed the living piss out of us, Rosie, specifically. I, I have a talent at tuning people out in those places most of the time. I, I make it a point to try to tune everybody out, and and Rosie doesn't necessarily do that. And a lot of times we'll get in the car and go, did you hear them talking about so-and-so? No, I didn't. I, di- I didn't hear that at all. But I couldn't tune out all the likes because, you know, they're just these... You know, these dingbat teenage girls now, like, we were like this and like that and like, like, you know, and it was like this and they had to have said it a thousand times. It wasn't just the the teenage girls, it was the guys that were with them too and that's what absolutely astounds me that you've got kids these days that apparently do not get told anything in school or English-wise how to form a sentence because... I literally sat there for five minutes and listened to their conversation and the one girl was like like so she likes him and like like I think they like her and you know like like this and that. I, I bet there had to be 52 likes in her sentence and then the guy that she was talking to starts in with well like you know we could go to your house like where do you live like and you know like 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 and he had about 52 likes in his sentence and I'm thinking, okay, combined, you you two could have had a five-minute conversation and added in a lot more words than that and got a lot more accomplished, but you put in like. Like, oh. Yeah. So that may be a little, maybe something we touch on a little more next week at length, but we have a lot of, a lot of different things to cover. You know, we'll, we'll talk about movies we see, TV shows, wrestling, places we go and like there's all kinds of trips we've made that we can talk about and you know festivals and stuff we've gone to that we'll talk about in the future but 
that's going to be all for episode one. That is our Nashville, our most recent, I can't say our Nashville experience, we've had a bunch of them. That's our most recent Nashville experience. I hope uh, everybody enjoyed it, got something out of it, and we will be back next week for episode two of the Jackson Reaction. So for Rose Jackson and our cats, BB and Roxy, I'm Gene Jackson. Thanks I'm for Rose listening. Jackson. Later.